We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What got Joe Flacco, mild-mannered Joe Flacco, maybe the most boring quarterback in recent NFL history, was all fired up on Sunday. We'll tell you what got him so heated as well as a major shakeup in college football over the weekend. How will it impact the Heisman race and the college football playoff race as well? Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by zip recruiter. Try zip recruiter for free right now. It's zip recruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs home in Connecticut, Ross Tucker home in Pennsylvania, we go on the road with the World Series and welcome in Kevin Millar, MLB Network and the host of Intentional Talk. Kev, good to see you. What a wild World Series it's been. I want to ask you about the change in momentum, but we got to start with the ultimate in 2-2 counts. I don't know if you saw it, but two ladies flashed Garrett Cole on the telecast <laughs> last night, pulled up the shirts, and it was all out there for America to see. Did you catch it? And have you ever seen that in a game before? No, that was the first time I've seen that one. Um, I did catch it when I landed. I got some texts and I got the whole, you know, it's all over Twitter. And boy, it was that funny. Uh, she also tweeted out, I guess, her her letter from Major League Baseball that she will be out forever in life. And then she t- tweeted, <laughs> her thing was S-H period T. And yeah, was it all worth it? But, uh, you know, a quick one. I, I, I missed it until I saw so media i was like holy cow i couldn't imagine sitting there i've been dying laughing <laughs> so kevin first of all um how is that letter even real i mean it happened last night how did they they write the letter and get her the letter that quickly because they'll go right to your seats obviously and then here you go you go in the back room and i'm sure that letterhead and all that stuff could have been done that way it's a great question um and if it's not real she's got a great skit going right now so if she didn't get caught eh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be tuning in more baseball game on tomorrow night when when ross started asking is it real is it fake i thought we were having a discussion about well what was exposed in that <laughs> ball game but, but i guess he wants to know if the letter's real i thought they looked real uh for the record <laughs> But but seriously, had you you've never been flashed in your entire baseball career. The ladies loved you in Boston. I'm not buying it. Hey, let me tell you a funny story. So we were in Detroit, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you we were in Detroit, and me, well I say me, <clears throat> this guy jumps on. It was unfortunately it wasn't a girl. It was a guy that jumped on the stadium and ran around the stadium, but he was butt naked, and he was running towards Manny Ramirez in left field. And you kind of see Manny's like, what the heck's going on? Like, what do you do with a naked dude running at you? And so he kind of ran around. Then he gets barrel tackled by security. And I'm talking about stark naked from the birthday suit and all. And, uh, you know, he, they, they brought him up through the stands. So you got arms behind your back. You got the fruits and vegetables hanging out, walking up <laughs> those aisles. And next thing you know, 
the, the thing that this cop said, he was telling us in the dugout, I'm like, what goes on with something like that? We're like, why that? And he goes, bro, you know, it can go a long, long, long way because you got obviously a decent exposure. Then you got a decent exposure under minors. So you got kids that are in the stands. So they kind of do it in a skit like, all right, you want to do that? Well, we're going to walk you right up to the, you know, the audience and see how that feels. So it's kind of a weird thing because something like that can be really, really, really weird legally. And uh, but that was the one time I think that we all kind of like I've never seen anything like that. So, Kev, here's my question. It, it, does home home field advantage mean nothing in baseball? I, I know. I mean, in football, it's a real pain in the ass when you're playing offensive line on the road and you can't hear the quarterback and you have to do silent count and that sucks. Is there, is there really no difference with home field advantage in baseball or is there something I'm missing? Because it's five in a row now in the World Series. Yeah, Rossi, you could take Garrett Cole and go put him in the Mojave Desert and pitch him. He's going to be fine. So, it's the one sport that it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It matters who's on that mound, and that's the bottom line. You could take anybody at home and away. It's about that guy that's throwing 120 pitches. He's controlling the game. You know, it's almost like a quarterback. You can't win a game without with a bad quarterback. Well, I guess you could. You got defense that controls that in that sport. But bottom line, there's no there's no crowd noise that affects you. Uh, it's just when you got it when you got when you got pitchers in the series, and that's what made this series so special. Starting it. You saw the game one and two, what could happen. Strasburg, Scherzer, they could take a game also. Next thing you know, just a couple two-out hits. The problem is zero home team has gotten any hits that they needed. And that's, you know, the Astros didn't get any hits. The first two games, the Nationals didn't get any hits, 3-4. Last night they got Garrett Cole uh, and Max Scherzer. It was a bummer. I mean, we found this out right before our show at uh, 5 o'clock. And they, when, you, when Max Scherzer can't start, I mean, that, that's like an absolute punch to the stomach. And that, that, that goes on in the clubhouse and everything because you feel great when you got your two aces on the mound and then you kind of battle through. And so uh, last night was a bummer. I felt bad for the Nationals fans and Nationals team. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Houston, Houston Astros and Garrett Cole were like, hey, we're going to take care of business like we're doing. You do have to feel for that Nationals fan base. 1933 was the last World Series in D.C., and they just dropped three straight in front of the home fans. That's difficult. So now Justin Verlander on the hill, and we know his uh, struggles on this stage. Um, more starts than any pitcher in World Series history without a win. Is it over now that he needs a win for his legacy, for his team to close out? Do you feel like they get it to, done tomorrow night in Game 6? No, man. I, I said Astros in six. I still think Steven Strasburg has an opportunity to, to put this game to seven. That's the thing. I mean, Justin Verlander and Steven Strasburg, another great matchup, and we hope to see these two guys tomorrow. I don't think this is over by any means because then you get into a game seven, like I said, and back in 04, anything can happen, right? And so, and that's the truth. One error, one double, one home run can change a thing, and boom, it can happen. You got you would have Zach Granke and uh, Anibal Sanchez back. But I think Steven Strasburg has the ability, like we've seen, he's as hot as anybody also. So he's been their Garrett Cole. And, uh, you know, where Max Scherzer and uh, Justin Verlander have, have been kind of just kind of winding their way. And it's that first inning that's really gotten them all in trouble. I mean, Strasburg got in trouble in the first inning against the Dodgers, but he's able to go six. He gave up three or whatever the number was, you know, in that series. And he's found a way to kind of maneuver down and uh, and get out of trouble but Verlander's had some first inning issues also and then would settle down so he hasn't pitched bad it's just when you're facing the other guy it's 
you know, one and two runs is a big deal in the postseason. That's what you're seeing. So I don't think it's over. I think they definitely have an opportunity to get it to game seven. I do think that that, that obviously the Astros are the much better team, and we've seen that uh, these last three games. What do we know, Kevin, about, you know, I mean, Scherzer, it's got to be pretty bad if he couldn't pitch last night. I love that guy. Yeah. I love his mentality. So how can we really be confident that he'd be able to pitch in game seven if he couldn't pitch last night? Well, that's the thing. That's why I'll say Anibal Sanchez. You, you, you hope. You hope. But think about it, Rossi. How many times have you gone to bed and woke up and you can't even look left and you can't look right? And you're like, man, if I had a game today, I couldn't play. You know, and this is like, it's terrible timing. Now, from what he said, there's some kind of a, when you start hitting a nerve, you know, it's like a back, you know, you got tight back, you got sore back, and then all of a sudden you got that nerve pain, the disc. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is. I know one thing, Max Scherzer's in pain because this is an absolute warrior in our game. Uh, You know, this would be like taking out a Brett Favre for a start back in the day. So it's just, he's a tough kid. And this is the World Series and you could feel him, De- you know, defeated, obviously, in the interview. And just, uh, it's it's gut-wrenching, man. It's like a punch in the stomach. This is the biggest day of your life, the best week of your life, and here we go. And and then this happens. Like, But Davey Martinez, I'm going to tell you this something. Davey Martinez knew something. Because when he brought in Fernando Rodney in game four, and you're thinking, keep this game close, uh, it's 4 nothing, and, 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 and where's Daniel Hudson? And where's Sean Doolittle? And where are all these guys? This stuff could have, you know, it might have happened a, a, a day before. It wasn't like he just woke up. And I think he like, ah. I just think it got out there. There might have been some stuff going on behind the scenes because he was kind of holding back for that game five in case he couldn't start. And obviously that's what happened. Talking to Kevin Millar from MLB Network, the host of Intentional Talk, George Springer for the Houston Astros has 15 postseason home runs. I find that number impossible to conceive. Look, George Springer is a very good player, but this is historic. This is Hall of Fame type numbers. Can you think of any comp for George Springer that is a very good player, then in the postseason becomes a great player? Hmm. I, I think George Springer is, I mean, think about it. You've got 35, 40 home runs in the top of that lineup. So he's a very talented player. Um, but postseason, you need the at-bats to hit home runs, and they've gotten at-bats to hit home runs, and George Springer has dominated on that stage. I remember the struggle that he had in 17 – like, oh, should we move out of lineup? And, oh, my God. And then he goes into L.A. He starts hitting home runs all the place, wins the MVP. He was on the cover of the 2012, I think, Sports Illustrated or 15 Sports Illustrated that says that they're going to be the World Series champions in 17. This kid's a good player. I'm telling you, dude, he's a good player. And I don't know Hall of Fame. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of his career. But I know one thing. I enjoy watching him. He's a good dude. I love, uh, you know, with the struggles he's gone through, obviously, in the stuttering and he doesn't fear an interview just for the reason of to let people know that, you know what, it's okay. And uh, everything about George Springer, you gravitate to, he's a really good teammate. Guys love him. And just a wiry pop that he has hits breaking balls, fastballs, and does the whole thing. Kev, I know baseball guys can be pretty superstitious. It's weird to me. I, I, you know, and I know that this has nothing to do with what goes on on the baseball field. And I, I, I get it, right? But the Astros get their butt kicked the first two games. They're getting all kinds of criticism because of this assistant GM. They fire that clown, and the next thing you know, they win the next three games. So I, I, I know it doesn't really have an impact. But you can't tell me that there wasn't some mojo karma thing. I mean, do you think there's any chance that maybe when they fired him, 
the players were like, okay, good, that thing's over. Like, people are not talking about as much anymore. You think there's anything to that? 100%. I mean, you know as well as I do. When you get a distraction, most of the time it's through a teammate, and then you got to answer questions about something stupid that a teammate's done. When you sit here as a player, and this is the most exciting week of my life, and I got to sit and answer questions about a stupid decision or a stupid thing that this assistant to the assistant to the assistant to the assistant does during our celebration, and now it's a distraction to our team, it was brutal. AJ was sitting here having to answer questions, games one and two, about this stuff. So it was handled early on, not so good. It was handled. It was a PR nightmare for everybody. The you know, so I, I you know I don't know all the specifics of how it was done. I just know one thing: distraction. And when you have a distraction, it stinks. The game starts, but you're sitting here answering all these questions for somebody. To be honestly, I don't think that they should be in the clubhouse. When I win a World Series, I don't need to see the four assistants over here popping off to the reporters. You know what I'm saying? We just did something very special, or 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 beat you know won a series, and now this isn't even our teammate. This isn't even a player. We're talking about a front office that says something absolutely ridiculous to a, a female reporter about that. So, yeah, it's a distraction, Ross. And once it kind of was over and, you know, he's fired, it's kind of, it felt like, ah. And the Astros were on the road sometimes, and that's kind of a, ah. And they went out and took care of business for three games, and now we're, you know, now they're up five. Uh, five. They're up three to two, and they got a big ball game tomorrow. It was nice that the Houston Astros owner finally apologized to Stephanie Epstein, the Sports Illustrated writer. That was long overdue. That should have been handled right away. They should have never gone on the attack against her report that was clearly correct. At the heart of this, though, is Roberto Osuna, suspended 75 games for domestic abuse, signed right away by the Houston Astros. Should Major League Baseball take a tougher line on domestic abuse? You know, Dave, I, 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 I hate answering. I was quick out and to answer that. I mean, I know one mm-hmm. thing, the domestic abuse situation, it's brutal. And I don't understand why players and, you know, got scenes, you know, keep happening. Uh, but it's just something I'm not comfortable talking about because I don't know the whole disciplinary action or who and how and what. But I know one thing that uh, this was handled not so good and this was handled now. It felt like there was a weight off the shoulders for the Astros. I know that from talking to players. It's just been a distraction, which is terrible. So um, there's no easy way to transition, but this is the next thing I had written down that I wanted to ask you. Uh, So I'm just going to do it. Let's get to the Bud Light guy, the guy that was double fisting Bud Light and took the baseball (laughs) off the chest. So in in your mind, Kev, what's worse, double fisting Bud Light in the first place or taking a baseball <laughs> off the chest. Let me tell you right now, Rossi, if you weren't sitting there saying, I want that guy in my foxhole, if you weren't thinking, I want that guy next to me blocking for the quarterback, this dude was amazing. First of all, he's double-fisted. You have the opportunity. There comes a ball and a home run, and he's like, okay, I'm not throwing these beers down. He wore it, okay? Not only did he wear it, no big deal. He got it because once that ball, he wears it, guys go down to get the ball. Sometimes you bobble and you weave. So now you get the big bruise and a few, few, you know, cans of beer that are gone or bottles of beer that are gone, and you don't get the ball. That's a fail. That'd be hashtag fail. This dude takes off the chest, has two beers, boom. I mean, it's just all man. Baseball and yes. So I'm all in on him. I need him in my foxhole. That was pretty cool stuff. I'm yeah, with so you. My, but the the follow up is, 
it's been a while. Like, I think the last time I got hit by a pitch was maybe sixth grade or something. I forget, like, how much on a home run ball like that, how much would that hurt? Dude, I'm telling you, it, it, the ball is harder than people think, right? So oh, yeah. if it hits you in the right spot, maybe the peck, okay. you know, you know, it's like when your buddy used to hit you in the back of the old bleak, kind of over there by the kidney, it stings. I mean, you can't even just go, I give you one of these. It's like, ow, come on, dog. I mean, it's almost like a fighting scene, right? But you can go ahead and slap somebody straight in the, you know, the shoulder and sign it hurt as bad or the chest like the John Cena, you know, the wrestlers do. But that that lower area, whoo. So if you're getting hit back there, yeah, it smokes you, especially when you get in that, that rib cage area. Uh, this one I don't think hurt that bad because he kind of he kind of weighed it. Now, if it hits the collarbone right here, now we got problemas. See, Ross is offended that the guy was drinking Bud Light more than anything. I'm with you. I think this guy is, as Bud Light tweeted, he is an absolute <laughs> hero. Because not only did he have probably 30 bucks in beer, but that was probably 45 minutes to go get beers at a World Series game. What would you do if you were holding two drinks? Would you take it off the chest? Yeah, you don't know. No, I'm dropping the beers. I'm catching the baseball. That's why this thing with this guy was a true, a true, true American. He held both double fisted and took it off the chest. And it's tough because when he not catches gear on him, he's just a dad out there trying to go to the World Series game. He's like, I, I got it. Yeah, but here's the thing. All right. If he was really a hero or really smart, Bud Light's basically uh, water infused alcohol a little bit. So he could have just he could have just chugged one real quick. While the ball's coming out to him, chug it, drop it, catch it. That would have been unbelievable. That would have been epic. That's what he should have done. Hey, I, I do have one more question for you, Kev. Um, yeah. All these guys, especially like David Ross, right? He just got hired by the uh, by the Cubs. He was in the locker room with those guys a couple years ago when they won the World Series. I guess it's kind of a two-part question, which is, one, do you have to have any qualifications at all to be a baseball manager? I mean, that would never happen in the NFL where a guy's like, ah, well, he stopped playing a couple of years, goes on TV, make him the head coach. Like, that would never happen. And then how awkward is it going to be for him when he sets the lineup or benches guys or has to get on his buddy who didn't run it out to first base? Yeah, it'll be a little awkward. It's gonna be a learning experience, but it's no different than Sean McVay, who's 16 years old, started managing or coaching the Rams <laughs> at football. I don't act like you guys are like the media darlings over there. You guys, I mean, you look over there as like a 12 year old to the left and right. You got guy linebackers there older, so that that's irrelevant. What's what's weird? What I think is this: you know, Dave Dave Ross was John Lester's backup. I mean, he was a backup catcher for the Cubbies and caught Lester. So now you go out there in the four, four and a third innings, Lester's having a rough start, and all of a sudden the Cubbies, you know, ah, give me the ball. And all of a sudden Lester looks at you and is like, ah, get off the mound because you're probably not here if it's not because of me. And so what does Ross do at that moment? Do you sit there and take the ball from Lester or do you walk back and go, yeah, he's got a good point. All right, Johnny, let's go. This is it. David Ross is a good dude. He's a catcher. He's grinded. He's like the, he's like the guy in the trenches. You know, he'd be like your lineman that never get a lot of credit, but but he's loved by others. He knows how to control a clubhouse. Does he know how to manage baseball games? Time's going to tell. It's going to be experience to go out there and know how to manipulate the bullpen. It's not just that, you know, just handling the guys and being a good dude. There's a lot of stuff that goes to it. So you put a nice bench coach next to you. It's called experience. You're going to get some experience, spring training, and start managing a couple games. Where are we at, though? You know, can he manage, or is this going to be – 
papers handed to him and computer spit outs of lineups. So what's that mean? Do you need a manager anymore? Do you really have X's and O's? Do you bunt? No, all you just do is you sit here and every player looks at their shift. Okay, let's see here. Yep, Kevin Moore is a pull hitter, is a ground ball short, 90% of the time. Everybody over there. Like, so I don't know what managing is anymore. Is it, are you managing men? Are you just there to pat guys in the butt? Uh, do you get a, do you yeah. get a chance to really sit there digging? I've never done it, but it doesn't feel like these. It's, it's like hired cheap, hired cheap. Here's my stuff. I got my seven cronies over here. I'm going to tell you what the spin rate is and where to play these guys and how to pitch these guys. So literally, I don't know what a manager does anymore other than just kind of a good guy. And if, you, if that's it, David Ross is a good guy. I think David Ross was a terrific hire. I may be on an island here. He seemed like a player manager to me when he was in Boston before he was even in Chicago. Felt yes. like a manager already on the roster. I think he's far more qualified and experienced than, say, Zach Taylor in the NFL. I Mark my words, David Ross will be a fantastic manager. I absolutely love the hire. Kevin Millar, thanks for being with us, my friend. Enjoy game six tomorrow night. We'll talk to you later in the week. All right, boys. Take care, man. All right, there he is, Kevin Millar, Intentional Talk, MLB Network. Uh, so David Ross is hired. Joe Flacco sounded like he might want someone fired, judging by what he said yesterday. We'll talk about Flacco in just a sec. Speaking of hiring, Dylan Miskowitz, this guy gets more pub than anybody I know, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The Indianapolis Colts still have Adam Benatari hired as their kicker despite some struggles earlier in this year, even struggles earlier in the game on Sunday against Denver before drilling a 51-yard game-winning field goal. He also was good from 55 17-16 Colts win to improve to 5-2 and two over the Denver Broncos, who are circling the drain. And we found that earlier when they traded away Emmanuel Sanders to the San Francisco 49ers. It was clear the Broncos were already looking toward next season. But late in this game against Indianapolis, some curious decisions made by the coaching staff. And when you're 2-5, and five, as they were toward the end of that game, and they look like there's a chance to win this football game, and they decided instead of opening things up and taking a chance. Be conservative. On third and five, run the ball up the middle. Then on fourth down, they punt the ball away. They give Indianapolis the shot they needed. Jacoby Brissett was brilliant on the game-winning drive. 
But that's not the headlines after this game. It was mild-mannered Joe Flacco, arguably the most boring quarterback in the last 10 or 15 years and boring in a good way if you don't like a quarterback who makes headlines, who says controversial things. Flacco was asked about the play calling after the game on Sunday, and he did not mince words. Listen to Flacco. We're now a 2-6 and six football team. And we're like afraid to go for it in a two minute drill, you know, like who cares if you give the ball back to the guys with a minute and 40 seconds left. They obviously got the field goal anyway. And once again, we're a two and six football team and it just feels like we're kind of afraid to lose a game. Uh, it's third and five at the end of the game. Um, you know, it's who cares if they have a timeout there at the end or not, you know, getting in field goal range, isn't that tough? Uh, you know, so you're just putting your defense in these bad situations and, um, I just felt like, what do we have to lose? Like, why can't we be aggressive in some of these situations? That's kind of how I feel about a lot of the game today. Absolutely. Joe Flacco, you finally did something I can applaud for the Denver Broncos. He has been, well, Joe, slightly better than average through the beginning of the Broncos season. He's been fine, probably not the reason they're losing football games, but not the reason that they're going to win either. Joe Flacco said exactly the right thing there. It's probably difficult to be in this Broncos locker room as a veteran, knowing that they've already turned the page towards next season. Now, again, as I, as I said in the past, as a Broncos fan, I do applaud the direction towards if you're going to be bad, you got to be bad, real bad. You can't be in the middle. So trading away Emmanuel Sanders, fine. Uh, trading away Chris Harris, okay, if you can get a first-round pick. Don't you dare trade away Vaughn Miller. But you know what? Joe Flacco nailed this one. It was absolutely right. You are handing away that football game. With a kicker like Adam Benetieri, you don't have to do much to get him to field goal range. That kind of play calling makes me nauseous in the NFL, Ross. Yep, totally disagree. Totally disagree on two levels. Number one, and look, we can get into the play calling part of it, right? But number one, really unprofessional by Joe Flacco. I like Joe. We have the same agent. He's always been good to me. You don't say that to the media after the game. You say that maybe to Coach Fangio, Coach Scarangello. You don't air your issues, air your grievances publicly. I think that's unprofessional. I didn't like it at all. That's number one. Number two is if Von Miller, your precious Von Miller, Dave, if he just brings Jacoby Brissett down for that sack, it worked. <laughs> they win. Jacoby yeah. Brissett shrugs him off and then makes one of the best plays of the day. That was a cra- – I mean, to throw Von Miller off of you and then throw that 40-yard throw on the sideline to T.Y. Hilton, it took a tremendous play for the Colts to actually win the game. I mean, it took a ridiculous play by Jacoby Brissett for that to even happen. I understand Flacco's frustration. I understand your point. I just think, especially Flacco, I mean, he's got the worst pocket presence and, and ball security ever. I'm, I, I'm not, I don't blame them for not calling a pass. I don't blame them for punting. Yeah, I, I guess we, we differ on that. I always prefer a quarterback, as you know, the Baker Mayfield types. Uh, I, I like the sound bites. I like anything that's going to generate some news for us. And Joe Flacco is not a guy to pop off ever in his career. So the fact that he did it uh, yesterday, 
this Bronco fan kind of appreciated because I would imagine it would be very difficult to be a veteran on a team towards the end of your career, knowing your franchise is already turning the page next season and you may never get another opportunity. Again, Denver is circling the drain. It is going to be likely that they move Chris Harris before tomorrow's trade, trade deadline. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow on Home and Home. When you look at this final day, there are some incredible corners on the market, not just Harris. It sounds like a keep to lead. Giants, Janoris Jenkins, Redskins, Josh Norman, and maybe even the Lions, Darius Slay, as well as some big name receivers who could be moved. How about Cincinnati? Did they move A.J. Green? They are also a team who is cooked. You got to move A.J. Green if you're the Bengals. So we're going to have an interesting day tomorrow on Home and Home as we talk about all the trades sure to happen in the NFL. That'll do it for us on a Monday. I'm Babe Briggs for Ross Tucker. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.